Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Have you been any on any other podcasts as a guest? Oh, what are we? Um, we were on Friday Night Games. Yeah. For a while. Uh, we did their uh, Last Game Standing series. Oh, what was that? I don't think they, I've heard Friday Night Games. Except yeah, for on so they, what you yeah, were playing. Yeah, they, they're, they're a group, a couple guys from Windsor, Ontario. And they did a like a, a five-part series where they invited other content creators to come on and nominate kind of like an unsung hero best game of 2020. Uh-huh. And then we had to do um, kind of like went through topics on why this game was the best game of 2020. And we talked about theme and why did we like it and art and uh-huh. every week and every week uh, a game got voted off. And yeah, we our, our game, Rich City Board Gamers, made it to the finals. Ooh. And then they thought that our game was too heavy. So they went with the other game that was lighter. Ah, uh, what <laughs> game was it? Uh, we were talking about Merv, Heart of the Silk Road. Oh, Rome. man. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, it's actually funny. I think you guys did an episode on Merv, right? I, I'm, now I'm trying to think. I don't think we deep dived it. but No, we did. We did deep dive did. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was around that same time that that episode was coming out. That's why we timed it that way. And oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It, no, it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy it, but we really enjoy like fairly complex, heavy games. Yeah. Like, like a heavy game to me is it, 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 like I think they're like light, but people would be like, "Oh man, that that's like super complicated." Why I would never touch that game. Yeah, <laughs> funny. That episode actually was like perfectly timed for me. So I, I I was listening like a month ago. So I was like listening to your guys's backlog, and I hit that episode the day before. I went to a convention and I played that game. Like I knew I was oh. going to be playing that game because my friend was there teaching it. Sweet. And so I was like, oh, good. Like this is the first I've really heard anything about Merv. And so when I sat down, like I knew a lot of what was going to be happening. Some of, some of the little pieces and everything. Did you enjoy it? I did. Holy cow. That was fun. Yeah. Like yeah, crazy the, the, good. Yeah. The game is not like complex rule wise. Like once you start getting going, everything just kind of starts making sense. A lot of people are like, oh man, this has got rules upon rules. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Like this one thing, this just has like some steps to it. That's all it is. There's no rules upon rules. Get that out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was definitely intimidating. I mean, it was a good, probably like 20, 30 minutes of explaining. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's not too bad. Well, you see that that that's that's where I say I'm used to teaching games that take like half an hour, 40 minutes. People are having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the <laughs> rules explanation, get some chips and stuff like that. And we yeah. take a pause and we come back and <laughs> Oh man, I love it. <laughs> I'm like looking through your collection behind you. Oh yeah. Seeing quite a few good games there. Yeah, I what I do now is I have them all front facing. And so anyone, then there's games in behind them. Yeah. And so this, anything that's front facing is thing, something that I like, I want to play like right now. Oh, like, nice. we'll, we'll, we'll pull off any of the games that are front facing just because anytime, then once a front facing game gets played, 
it goes in the back and one of the back games comes out front. And ah. so at any given time right now, we have about, about 30 some games that we're willing to play at any given time right now. That's cool. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a little idea. I think I got it from, <laughs> I'm going to plug Friday night games again. We, uh, he has a shelf where it's like, Hey, this is going to get played right now. This is what we just played. And then all of his other games are like on a shelf in the basement type of thing. Like not even like seen. Oh, gee. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. And so then he'll play a game. It'll go down to the bottom shelf and that shelf will push a game off and that game will go into the basement and a new one will come up. And oh, man, kind of like a like a rotating, like a conveyor belt of games kind of going on like that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty cool way to do it. Well, when you have a game, a collection of over 300 games, you have to find a way to keep getting things played uh, recently. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we've, we've come to a thing right now where it's like there's some games we haven't played in a while and pulling off a game. It's kind of like having that game brand new again. Sometimes it's like, wow, I don't even remember if we actually even own this. I have to relearn the rules and. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like discovering it all over again. It's sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's just frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I love learning a new game. And when it feels new, it's like or like an old, old friend, like you're catching up and you forgot all these things about them. Yeah. Or sometimes I love it when it's just like, oh, yeah, I just need the refresher on how this game sets up because I I, I remember this game. For some odd reason, like, I just seem to remember all of this. And I just, okay, how do we set it up? Okay, do the setup page. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so we did an online event called Protocon Online. And mm-hmm. uh, it, I did like 12 hours of gaming. And the only time I got up was, I got up twice to go to the bathroom. Uh, and one of those times was during a game that I had already played like part of. And so I was like, I'm pretty sure I remember everything. And so I'm going to go to the bathroom, uh, like, because I've been gaming for like eight hours at this point. So, like, I need to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, go ahead and start explaining it to the other people, to the new people. And then I got back and uh, and we started playing it. And then at the end, I, it was time for feedback. And I was like, well, you know, like, this was just one thing that was kind of frustrating to me. And they're like, oh, yeah, we like another person who played it was like, no, th- she talks about that in the rules. Like, yeah, you can just do this to mitigate that. And I was like, oh, oh you're right. Oh, yep, right. I forgot that rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a while ago. I can't remember exactly when it was. I was over at Norm's house and we were just playing games one night and we were ending off the night. And we're like, well, let's pull off something that we all kind of know and think. And so he pulled off the shelf uh, Notre Dame by Stefan Feld. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. And as as we started getting going, I'm not letting on to anybody, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't remember anything <laughs> about this game, but I can't let because we're already going. Everything's set up. People are passing cards already. I'm like, OK, let's just do it this way, because I have no idea. I, fa- I faked it the entire way. Still came in second and I have no idea why. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> And then afterwards, I had to admit, it, I was like, God, I, I, I totally don't remember this game at all. They're like, oh, you kind of, you knew what you're doing. I'm, I'm following everybody else. I was just doing what everybody else was doing. Oh, that's awesome. 
Well, when you play enough games, you kind of you, you should be able to pick up a couple things here and there, right? Yeah, <laughs> fill in the gaps. They've all got nothing's completely new, right? Right. At this point, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, this could all be in the podcast if we wanted. Yeah, oh, I, I'm, 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 I'm game with whatever. You know, there's already an introduction later recorded at this point. People will be listening. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> you've already heard me introduce, but I'll reintroduce. This is Ryan from Cardboard Conjecture, a podcast about board games, and it is one of my favorites. I love listening to Norm oh, and and Ryan go on it. Uh, Ian just left i guess yeah he's just taking a a small little break we're starting up the school year he gets really really busy and plus he's venturing forth he's got a movie a cinema podcast that he's starting up with some other guys too and it's fantastic i'm now i'm gonna forget exactly what the name of that podcast is but it's it's fun (laughs) watching listening to them just and they just pick random movie trivia topics to talk about that's awesome (laughs) yeah well Let's talk about you, not Ian. Sure, yeah. Forget that guy. I don't even know if Ian's going to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) You and I, you are like one of my favorite people to follow because I see so many things from you that I'm like, yeah, that guy gets it. Like, (laughs) Or yes, that guy plays my type of games. (laughs) Oh, cool. We can be like board game, like Soul Brothers or something like that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. No, that, that, no, that's that's exciting to hear because I always I always advertise myself kind of like as an omni gamer. It's uh-huh. kind of a term that I came across uh, quite a while back where I will literally play anything that's that's a game, that's a puzzle, that's social. I, I, I'm I'll consume it all as my game collection behind here kind of alludes to I got yeah. like board game geek here says I have 336 unique different games in my collection. So it was like, and they range from wow. like the, the, the smallest of small card games, like Tichu and sushi go and stuff like that to, Oh, just over my shoulder over here. Like I play Arkwright, a big heavy economic game. I got Gloomhaven back there somewhere and Star Wars Imperial Assault and everything and anything. And I'm glad somebody somebody else likes what I post about. <laughs> I didn't know the term Omni Gamer until like a month ago at Protocon, uh, or not Protocon, uh, SaltCon, which is our okay. convention here in Salt Lake. My wife and I went together and they had these, like you had your name badge and then at the they had like ribbons that you could just stick yes. to the bottom of your badge so that was like really fun and so she liked the color of omni gamer like the omni gamer was really pretty but she was like i have no idea what that means and i was like i don't really know either this is what i think it means and and i was right thankfully <laughs> and i think it kind of fits her she's kind of picky on games but like she'll enjoy a lot of different types of games. Sure. Yeah. My, my wife, she's more into like the abstract stuff. Uh, she was never really like a huge chess player though. The types of games that she leads her, uh, that she really enjoys made me believe. I think she probably did play chess at some point in time in her life. And she's just ashamed of it or something like that <laughs> <laughs> because we like, Oh, we like play like games like Santorini and Sagrada and Azul and like lots of those games are like her favorite types of games. Onitama and stuff like that. 
those are like her jam. She loves, loves, loves those games. That is awesome. That sounds like my wife. I think she would like, well, Sandorini or New York. That's the new kind of that's version of one, it, yeah. right? Yeah. Azulism up, up there. She loves Calico. Like she likes the puzzly types or abstract or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like they would get along like without a hitch. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> While they're playing that, you and I can dive in and play some Marvel Champions, mm, yeah, Arkham that, Horror. That's my jam right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've decided that I'm going to get the revised Arkham Horror when it comes out. Oh, that, uh, sounds, that sounds like the best thing that somebody could do if they're trying to get into Arkham Horror right now. I just say, wait, wait the few extra months because they got that revised set. You don't have to buy the two core sets anymore because the one set's going to have a complete playset of everything in there. Some a little bit of updated artwork. And I think it's also going to include some cards that came out in like some of the earlier expansions too. then just kind of just give you some extra deck building options and just gives a little bit of more oomph to some of the earlier decks in that in that core box. Yeah, which is great. I'm I'm fired up that they're actually introducing a product to get more people into that game. Me too. I'm really really excited about it. It's one I've put off, and you're going to be my expert here, so I can get your advice right now. Sweet. Uh, and then also that'll lead to some other conversation stuff. Eventually, I'll go back and we'll do the normal beginning of the show <laughs> questions. But we, we, you know, gotta go with the flow. Uh, right. <laughs> so. I love Marvel Champions. That's like up there as one of my favorite games. It's really grown on me. Uh, I got flack from Ian when we did our top 50 games of all time episodes. And I put it, I think I put it in my top 20. And he's like, wow, that's a really brand new game to put in your top 20. (laughs) But it's really good. It's really, really good. It is so fun. I love I love the game. I love how it feels. Each character feels so, so different. Like, I didn't think I would love playing Black Widow, but I love playing Black Widow. I love mm. playing Quicksilver. You know, like, there's so many characters that I just didn't think I'd love. And I do. Yeah. And it's built around, too. Like, you don't have to collect everything like I do. Like, I when I collect things, like, I go all in. What? You don't? <laughs> I thought you had to. <laughs> this is a life commitment. Right. So, so like I, I've got a little bit of Ian rubbing off on me here because he's the kind of guy he got his, he finally got Marvel champions not too long ago, like at Christmas time. And he's bought like a couple hero packs here and there just because he says, Oh, I have to have captain America. Like you can't have this game and not have captain America. Yeah. Which, which by the way, you have anybody playing the game has to have captain America because <laughs> he's so, he's so good. And you got to have Hulk and you got to have like some of those other guys in there. So, yeah, no, Marvel Champions, they're, they're, they're knocking it out of the park with this game. And they're not slowing down either. Like, I'm so fired up for the new stuff that's going to be coming down the pipeline. Hopefully in Canada here, it, it, it's, it's advertised as like October when the, the Thanos big box expansion oh, really? is going to be coming in. So, yeah, that's what my uh, friend who owns um, Amazing Stories, that's our local game store, um, right now, he says that it's like mid-October is the release for Mad, Shite- Mad Titans show, uh, Shadow. Yeah. And other people are going to be getting it probably about three weeks ahead of that. Okay. I was going to ask because, well, I saw people in the UK already getting copies. 
okay, yeah, I think and it then, came out this week, this past weekend. Okay, oh, and then oh, we oh, usually yeah. get it like two or three weeks here in the U.S. Yeah, after that, so I think we're supposed to get it like mid early September. Yeah, so and then we'll get it like Canada always happening we always get things like three or four weeks late like i watch on twitter as people are unboxing these new the new shiny things and i'm just like i'm just like there's that meme of that guy who's always like he's by the window and then he's by the duck pond and i'm just waiting for my copy of brew to arrive (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it uh so this ties into Arkham Horror, though, because I feel like, well, Arkham Horror has been around a lot longer, Mm. but Marvel Champions takes that concept and kind of simplifies it from what I understand. Like Arkham Horror living card game is like a super deep. It it, uh, it can be. it can be as deep as you want it to be. Yeah. Um, honestly, just like Marvel champions can be as complex or as deep as you want it to be. I really enjoy Arkham horror because uh, we're, and we're talking about the living card because Arkham horror has got like millions of products all over the place. Nowadays, they, they got their board game and they've got mansions of madness and stuff like that. Uh, but for the card game, I really enjoy the story arcs that, that that emerge and those are your uh quote unquote cycles that you'll get the playthrough and so your core box will have a mini cycle in it it's only got three scenarios to it yeah and then the other scenario and i really like that it's story driven it's a it's a fail forward type of concept too like you'll play through a scenario and if you lose horribly well, the, the campaign's not done for you. You're still going to get to go into the next uh, scenario, maybe at a little bit of a deficit, some little bit of text and story has happened as opposed to as if you won. And so you might start this next scenario with a little bit of a detriment uh, to you. But that's the real big difference between Arkham Horror and Marvel Champions. Marvel Champions, you're just you're just picking a baddie to fight against, and it's just like a one-off scenario that you're just going to fight through this baddie and he's got his schemes coming at uh, coming at you and you have to like just essentially defeat him before he actually fulfills his plot. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's what worries me. I feel like if I play Arkham Horror, I'll be like, oh man, what if I would have loved Marvel Champions if it was more like this, you know, like. Which they're starting to kind of get into with their with campaign, the campaign expansion boxes. Um, like you can play through a campaign mode. Um, I believe they have Rise of Red Skull out right now and yeah. Galaxy's Most Wanted. And you can play them all as one-off scenarios. Like there's rules that you can set them up as just your regular encounter. Set up the bad guy. Here's his side scheme. Here's the things you shuffle into his bad guy deck. And then pick your guys and go at it. But then they also started introducing things where you can like, you know, uh, build up your character in between the scenarios. Like you'll get XP point, like uh, the galaxy's most wanted. You can get XP points and you can spend them on adding a couple buff cards into your deck so that when they come out, they're like super powerful and super awesome, but they're a once campaign use type of thing. Yeah. And so that that's, that's kind of good. So they're kind of going in the right direction where you can kind of play through a story and they got the comic book with you that that's that you can read through and yeah it's fun and everything like that so 
they're starting to do something that with their big campaign expansions, but they're not doing it to the extent that Arkham Horror did, where you had to buy the expansion and then you had to also buy the uh, uh, what would it be like six little scenario packs yeah. to flush out the whole story. Like that was what the living card game model was supposed to be. And it was revolutionary at the time, and it was a big money pit suck. People loved it. People didn't like it. And now they're actually changing that. They're changing that model with the next Arkham Horror uh, scenario here. I believe it's called the Edge of the Earth um, expansion, where they are. It's only two. There's only two boxes to buy. If you want to buy the campaign, you can just buy the campaign scenarios, all of them, all in one box. Awesome. Yeah. And if you want more player cards to buff up your decks or play with some new characters, you can buy a separate box that just gives you all of the new characters and the new player cards that will integrate better with the new uh, campaign setting. And so there's like, oh, you can just play just the campaign or you can just collect some more cards to put into your decks. But we all know that us Arkham Horror people, we're just going to buy it all. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I thought give, that was give me, cool. give me the super, Give me the super deluxe that just gives me everything in one box. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call it a day. <laughs> I love my fantasy flight games, but their storage is horrendous. And I'm really curious about how this new box is going to be because they said they have improved storage solutions in it. Um, I am too. I'm quite curious about that because before, oh, I don't even know what, I don't even have those little small box expansions anymore, but they would be, they didn't fit the card. Like if you stood up a card horizontally in the box, it had like such tremendous box lift. Like you could not store your cards inside. Oh my gosh. No, (laughs) No. that's terrible. You, You would have to go and buy some sort of external storage solution like an E-Raptor or something and build an insert inside that box so that you could store your cards. But then there would be huge box lift. Oh no. That's heartbreaking. It is. (laughs) And so what I've seen of pictures is that they're making the box deeper. And so now you'll be actually be able to place your cards kind of like if you have Marvel champions, it'd be like a Marvel champions, like thickness to the box. Ah, uh, nice. Now that's like cardboard. Conje- that's my conjecture <laughs> is that's what I think is going to be happening is that they're going to kind of give you like a Marvel champions, like size, like box that you can slide your cards into and have a storage. Like that Marvel champions insert. I don't have no idea what they were. It was an improvement over what they used to do, but it's still bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Cause like when you first got it, right. Everything fit in there okay, but there was plenty. It felt like you had plenty of open space. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was way bigger than you thought you needed or realized I needed, I, at least, because that was my first uh, LCG. Nice. And so then as I started adding more and more, I was like, okay, well, now I have to buy an insert because there's no way this will fit. And then like I always run out of space one or two packs before the new one comes out. And so then I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, so now I, I they- have it all organized in three boxes, the, you know, two campaign boxes and Sweet. the main one. Yeah. And <sighs> so what I finally had to do is cause I'm a card game player. Like I played all sorts of different card games. Um, I went out and just got another uh, BCW, the three row 
card because the, the three row card storage box i think that's what they actually call it and oh. it's just a huge box and it fits about like 2000 unsleeved cards or like 1500 sleeved cards type of deal and i just finally just got one of those it fits everything up until the galaxy's most wanted that 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 whole big box got full before galaxy's most wanted I could put more cards in it, but I sleeve everything because that's the way I roll. And Same. Yeah, people can fight me all about it if they want, but <laughs> I, sl- I, I sleeve my card games. and it, it feels really awkward when I play card games that are not sleeved. Like it's, it just feels for me, it's like icky. It's like a sin or something like that. <laughs> I totally get that. And I'm like super OCD about my stuff anyway. Yeah. yeah. So like having sleeved cards make shuffling like no bending. You just... Yeah, put those together just, we are the same person this is awesome <laughs> i'm talking to myself here and i'm yeah. loving it i'm falling in love with myself <laughs> same <laughs> it's always nice to have that reaffirmation that or whatever it is uh yeah reaffirm I, I what it. i believe you know just like yeah that's like I'm a core cool thing you don't want to mess up your cards that's an expensive game right so yeah so now it fits everything up until the galaxy's most wanted so now i got everything in that box yeah. Plus Galaxy's Most Wanted. It would fit more if I did unsleeve it, but eh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think my sleeves might be just a little bit thicker premium sleeves, and maybe one day I'll go to something a little lighter. Yeah, no, I use um, Dragon Shield Clear Matte. I love that matte finish. There's kind of like the little gritty finish on the back of the card. The cards don't slide around as much type of deal and i don't really care about the marvel champions logo on the back of the oh, card no. and everything like that so that can get all blurred up and when not the dragon shield like i've been a drag i i probably put the dragon shield people's kids through college at this point about how many times <laughs> i've how many, how many sleeves i've bought yeah. from them <laughs> <laughs> that is lovely so kind of you you know you should be able to write that off as a donation to the kids <laughs> Right, right. If I said the Cardboard Conjecture should be sponsored by anybody, Fantasy Flight Games and Dragon Shield. And <laughs> those, like, those are two things that I pump up, seems like, all the time. It's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I use Titan Shield sleeves, which are just like ones from Amazon. They're, okay, yeah. I think they're newer, but they're nice. I like them a lot more than a lot of others, but I've never tried Dragon Shield. Oh, that's just what like my local game store. That's what he stocks like mostly. Yeah. So it's just, it's just really easy. And he sell, and if Jeff's listening to this, they thank you, Jeff and everything. Cause he sells them to me at cost. Like I am a good friend. So I don't have to pay the extra. And sometimes I might even get a better deal on that at at times and everything, but that's how many I've bought over the years (laughs) (laughs) that he can justify that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, oh, he that's rest- awesome. when he restocks it, he just takes a picture. He's like, anything you want before I put it out on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. It's yeah. good to have that connection. Oh, it's 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 amazing. When good new game shipments come out and he just cracks open the box, he takes a picture. He's like, is there anything in here you, you're, you got your eye on? And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> what's my store credit sitting at <laughs> oh i love it <laughs> let's jump back to the very beginning question that i usually start with uh, All right. <laughs> what got you into board games 
Okay, so this is a this is a long journey. I'll try to keep it short, ish <laughs> type of thing. Uh, we always play games uh, as kids. I, I think mostly we play games up at the lake um, with my cousins, and we had like we had the the typical like kids game closet that had like you know it had your monopolies, your games of life. Uh, we really we played a lot of Stratego. As kids, a, a, a lot of that one. I don't know, you know why we played Clue for I mean, like endless days. Stratego is amazing. I that was like my favorite as a kid. Yeah, and then we also I did a What You Been Playing Wednesday show when we did the retro episode. We had this funky Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game called the Pizza Power Game. Oh man, we played that thing for like days on end. Oh my goodness! And it was not until like I re played the game like i still have a copy of the game that i actually play with my son every now and then but it was for that show when we went to play and i was like wow i don't think we ever finished a game of this because the rules are so complicated for (laughs) such a simple roll and move type game it's got this awful mechanic called the battle flipper which is like this little seesaw thing that you put a dice in one end and then you have to tap the other end and then there's compartments say one two and three and you gotta flip your dice into one of these compartments so if if i'm attacking the shredder uh he has a battle level of three so i have to flip the dice into the three compartment oh my gosh (laughs) and it's so hard and (laughs) your heroes like your ninja turtles they tell you how many attempts you get at flipping the die in the battle flipper it's horrible it's absolutely like how people actually were able to do this like this dexterity game did not work that is wild so it always just ended up we're playing the game and then it just ended up how far can we flick the dice across the room by (laughs) launching it in this little seesaw thing of course (laughs) that's way more entertaining yeah because it had this weird win condition was once you defeated so many bad guys then you could take on the technodrome and the technodrome says you get like five attempts and you have to get the dice in the compartment one and a two and a three. So you uh, you have to have three success. No one can do it. It's horrible. It was, it was meant for these kids and blah, blah, blah. So I digress. That was our, my first foray into my gaming. And then later on in my teens, I got into the, in my teens, it was kind of like when the Pokemon craze started going. And my younger brother, he's five years younger than me. He he really bit the Pokemon bug hard. And so as the older brother, we would go and buy Pokemon packs and we would bust them open and I'd play the game with him. And now and now I got to actually re- get to relive that right now with my son, Regan. He's huge into Pokemon cards. He's six and he wipes the floor with me. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like his level of strategy at, at six years old, I am as astonished like that. But yeah, we got in, I got into Pokemon cards with my younger brother. And then that was kind of like my introduction. And I got into a little bit of magic, the gathering with my buddies in high school. And I did a little bit of it in college too. And then I kind of fell off the, the tabletop gaming format. Cause I discovered like PlayStation and Xbox and, Skyrim and all these and, and Oblivion, sorry, Oblivion first, then Skyrim and all these Mass Effect and Borderlands. And I was a huge video gamer. Oh, so many good ones. 
And yeah, so I, I would play those. And then it wasn't until I met my wife, my, my, my now wife, then uh, girlfriend, uh, she invited me over for a games night with her friends. And I'm like, a games night? Like, what do you mean by games night? Like, am I really going to be stuck playing like these crappy party games that I hear so much about? Or I'm going to get stuck playing Monopoly with some people forever that I can't stand and everything. <laughs> And uh, that was my first introduction into Ian, who who is on the podcast. He brought over a game called Alhambra by uh, Queen Games and Dirk Hen. I was like, what is this? This is weird. Like, this isn't Monopoly. This isn't Risk. This isn't what I thought tabletop. This isn't that weird Ninja Turtle game that I played as a <laughs> as, as a kid. Yeah, it that I was hooked. I was like, this is what games can be. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, I've got a collection of like 100 type different types of games and stuff like that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You you collect games. And yeah. And then he we had continuous game nights. And every time that he showed me a game, I went right out and bought it afterwards. And then I also got into like YouTube series. Like that's where like Will Wheaton's tabletop started coming in. And every time I watch one of those, I go to the game store and I'd buy the game and we would play the crap out of it. And uh, yeah. And then now years later, my collection is three times the size of Ian's and I've got a <laughs> podcast and dabbling in some YouTube stuff. And I got T-shirts with our logo. Like what happened? Yeah, it just blew up. We're both wearing <laughs> our own uh we're both t-shirts. wearing our own merchandise. <laughs> we need to do a merch swap. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I printed this off for way too much because I needed it rushed ordered in like three days Oh, <laughs> for a convention because I wanted to wear it at a convention. <laughs> that, that's actually why we got ours too. We did a oh. convention in uh, uh, right, right before the pandemic hit. We went to a convention in Calgary called Falcon. We said, well, we don't have anything that really identifies who we are. So Norm whipped up some shirts and I think pretty much the same thing as you. And so I got this shirt in white. I also got the same thing in like a bright red. I So I wore my bright red shirt around so we knew who we, where we could find each nice. other and stuff like that. And <laughs> posted on Twitter, find the guy in the big bright red shirt that has the big like Major League Meeple logo on it. And it's a cool looking logo. I, I we hadn't seen one like it around like we we were playing around with an idea way back when that we were going to start like in Saskatoon we were going to start a board game league uh-huh. where you could like where you could just like mini competitions every other weekend and you can earn points and standings and then it started getting way more complicated than I wanted it to be and then there wasn't really the interest in the competitive piece and I was like yeah this was ridiculous the concept sounded really cool in my head and then it's like, no, let's just have fun and play games and build a com- build a community. Really, let's just forget the competitive piece. And yeah. yeah. So you said how you met Ian, but how'd you meet Norm? So Norm, he's he's also like we're all teachers. We always advertise that we're three teachers running this board game podcast and this board game group. Uh, Norm actually taught teaches in the same school as I do. Oh, okay. Ian doesn't. He, he he teaches out of town, just out of town of Saskatoon here. He teaches in a small town called Davidson. But Norm and I actually teach in the same school. I kind of knew of Norm. And I, I for my first couple of years uh, teaching at school, 
I didn't really know who he was. We could, we taught in the same hallway. Like actually he taught like in the classroom right across the hall from me type thing. And then um, there, he knew that I was into games. There was a secret Santa thing one year and he drew me as a secret Santa. And like my big gift at the end of the week is he gifted me this really gorgeous um, risk set. And I was like, and I still have it. It's really, it's really good. It's got like fan. It's got like metal, metal figures on it and stuff oh, like that. It's oh. really, it's really, it's really cool. It's never going to get, I don't think I'll actually ever play it. It's kind of like more <laughs> like a showpiece. And so they got us talking about it. And he said that he was playing in, he played in a Monday night risk game for like the past 20 years, every Monday for 20 years, he played risk. Whoa. And everything. And so I was like, Oh, and uh, so I, I play games and stuff like that, too. And I said, well, if you really enjoy Risk, you might enjoy. And then I started spouting off some other games like Small World and stuff like that. And he's like, well, I'd be interested in playing something like that. So I brought some games. We started playing some games together. And the rest is history right after you that. ruined Risk for him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it got to the point where he started playing these games. He's like, wow, there's way more out there. And so he started wanting to bring these other games to his risk night. And they thought that this was just blasphemous. <laughs> and and I, I don't know, maybe I did. I'll have, we'll have to get him on air. Yeah. But maybe, maybe I was the one who brought risk night to an end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you monster. <laughs> But now it's been since we we game together all the time. Uh, we run events together all the time now and stuff like that. And yeah, he's been a really good friend of mine. Got to know his family really well. He got he got to know my family really well. And so yeah, we're a little tight knit tight knit community. Yeah, that is really really awesome. So I mean, obviously, your wife took you to a game night and pretty much got you started in games. Yeah, you guys still play games together. She does play games with me very reluctantly because I, I, I always and I always have to preface that this is for the podcast. We have to get these plays in for the podcast. And she'd be like, oh, OK. But not, I just says I kind of say that now just so that she'll play games because I think we play so many. And especially for the pandemic, she's been my only gaming partner for like the better part of 18 months now. Yeah. And so she and like she's always liked games. But not to like the level like that we like games, right? But uh, like she she will never go to a convention, and she'll never go to like the Friday night game night at the local game store. She 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 won't do that. She's intimidated by that world. But she we do invite friends over, and when we invite friends over, we play games. Like she like okay, what are we gonna play tonight? And she'll stand in front of these shelves behind me. She's like, what what do you think they're going to like? What kind of themes and stuff? So I think deep down, she's a hardcore gamer more than she lets on type of deal. So, right. And we, we do play lots of games. And now that now our oldest son's starting to get a little bit older, he's starting to get more interested in games. We can actually start having those family game nights and like weekend type games where we can in the middle of a Sunday afternoon, just, pull something out and he'll, we get to play together and then the youngest one will come along and wreck the whole board type thing. And <laughs> <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. But Only when a, you're uh, losing though, right? Wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> and and, and well, it's probably, it's probably true. Or it's when I'm winning and I'm like, Oh, 
I was going <laughs> to finally do it. I'm horrible at this game and no one will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> Come to find out your wife's been training the little one to ruin it when she's losing. Yeah, she, I should listen to She probably has a call word or something like that. It was a, <laughs> and that, that's his cue. He's like, oh, right. Destroy time. <laughs> Table swipe. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, I know that your your boy's in it, into it now. You know, he yeah. you talked about him playing Great Western or wanting to play Great Western Trails and actually yeah. playing a decently. Yeah, he um he watched us one night playing and he always, and he he's just he's like the strong silent type. He sits there and he's soaking it all in. And then one day he's like, I want to play the cow game too. And I'm like, well, buddy, this is a little more complicated <laughs> than our other games that we play. He's like, he's like, well, I want to play it. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I set it up, put it out on the table, and he said, and then he starts drawing his cards. Like he knew what he he knew what to do. And I was like, okay, okay. He's like, okay, what do I do on my turn? I was like, well, you can go here, here, or here. And I said, do you know what this does? He's like, well, that's the cow symbol. I can buy cows there. I'm like. <laughs> What's going on right now? <laughs> Do you actually know how to? So I would. So I walked him through like pretty much a half a game until he got actually bored. Oh, okay. Because, because at, at that time he's just like, "Well, Dad, you're just playing the game for me now, so this is no fun." Oh, <laughs> so I was like, "I know," but I was, but at, for the moment in time, I was like. I'm playing Great Western Trail with a six-year-old. Like, what is going on? Like, you do not hear about this. Yeah. And true. And true. I was walking him through. I'm like, well, this is what you could do. This is what you could do. This is what you could do. And then I guess maybe at one point in time, I started switching. I'm like, well, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. I I stopped using the wording. This is what you could. And then I said, this is what you should. And I that 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 stopped that, that stopped it right it. there <laughs> ruined it what, what what kind of teacher am i oh no <laughs> that makes me think of my nephew who i just adore and i actually get him this friday i get to have him over and we're gonna play some marvel united and and some mm. other games uh, he loves loves playing board games and so i bought him like the funko verse games oh yeah They're pretty you know simple yeah. overall uh, and he loves those. He understands them better than his parents do. And so whenever we play, like when I, I was very first playing with him, we played on a team against my brother. And and it got to the point where like he could easily get a victory by picking up like one of the little side points, the little objective mm-hmm. points or whatever. He just needed one point to win. Uh, but he was also close enough to fight somebody and I was like, well, do you want to go for like the exciting win and try and fight him and knock him out and then win by doing that? Or do you want to just go grab this point? And he was like, <laughs> I'll just go grab the point so I can win. And I was like, are you You're sure? Like, you don't want to like fight? You don't want to go fight the Joker? <laughs> and he's like, no, I want to win. I'm going to go pick up the point. So he yeah, moves we play over games there to win, right? Yeah. We play games to win. Right? And I was like, no, let's make, let's make the epicness. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can get that. <laughs> yeah. And so I was kind of proud of him though, because he was, you know, like I was trying to push him towards the fighting. Cause I thought that would be more exciting for him, but he was like, no, I want to win. Like, and I know what I want to <laughs> do and I know how to play the game. So I'm going to do it. So it was cool. Oh, that, yeah. And, that's amazing. That's amazing. How old is your nephew again? He's eight. He's gonna be eight, yeah. yeah. Or he is eight. He is eight, I think. So he might have been seven when we did this, though. So that, that, that's you see, that's such a unique that that that's where Regan is getting into. Yeah, and, and so he's getting to. So it's such a unique um, 
age because I find that when I'm looking at the ages on boxes and everything like that, I'm looking for the eight plus because he's been grasping, he's been able to grasp the concepts on those eight plus games um, really quite comfortably. So like yeah. one that I'm going to talk, or I think I just talked about on our latest episode was Juicy Fruits. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that I think, well, wait, I think that one says 10 plus, but really there's no language component to the game at all, which is perfect because he can't really read yet. And it's got a real spatial element to it. So he's really grasped onto that one, that one as well. So yeah, eight plus I'm trying to look for those games that are like the eight plus language independent, like no words to be read, even though like we play Marvel, like you mentioned Marvel United. We love Marvel United in this house. Yeah. Love, love, love. We got it all. Like, like I backed the one Kickstarter and it, we got, I I had to go all in and I was like, same. I mean, you can see it behind me there. (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. And oh, and I was like, just praying afterwards, after I paid it, I was like, I really hope he likes this. (laughs) <laughs> or else this was very expensive on a chance, but and and, and he did because he's in that he's in that whole superheroes mindset. We watch the movies together, and we have to go. And then he's like, "Okay, now we got let's go, let's go play the game now with the characters." Type of deal is like, and well, what would what if this had happened? What if what if we play? What if what if Ronin was fought by? I don't know what would what did we pick that one game? It was like it was like really random, like Spider Ham. And Howard the Duck type thing. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. Oh, I love it. Isn't Howard the Duck ridiculously strong though? It he he is. Like There's I a don't weird know balance what, thing, but he was weird. And he also has lots of cards that like don't give the extra player the other player a benefit. Yeah. To it too. So it's like it's kind of it was weird. Like we try we just played through the Infinity Gauntlet expansion was like Howard the Duck and Beta Ray Bill. So we're like, yeah, this is going to be the team that saves the world from, <laughs> from, from Thanos. And we got crushed, but oh yeah, <laughs> but I think everybody's going to get crushed because that's a hard campaign, but oh, yeah, but yeah, Howard the Duck is a very interesting character in that game. And I'm, I'm glad that they gave him a little bit more power buff than, than cause he's just, this is little guy. He's got his coat slung over his back shoulder, just kind of chilling with his hat. Yeah. <laughs> and then he absolutely wrecks it. It's He was wild. I did not expect him to be like, I think he actually made it so I won a game that I didn't think I could win. <laughs> was, That's beautiful. That, the, the, the game lends itself to those moments. Yeah, just like epicness. Which, okay, you haven't heard this episode yet. If, uh, But Tim from Board Game Hot Takes... Okay. He was on last week, a.k.a. this coming Friday for us. (laughs) Uh, And we talked about it because him and Chris and Adam don't really love Marvel United. Right. I saw that. I saw their post and I heard their takes on their show. Yeah. Yeah. And so we sort of talked a little bit about it uh, in our, it's weird to talk about, like, but in our last episode, uh, (laughs) And so I, I, I know you liked it. So I want to hear like what you love, what you love about it. Not just like. Yeah. So like, so we love it now. And I always, I think I talked about, I don't, not sure. I'm not even sure if I talked about it in this depth in depth uh, on our show, but if 
if I didn't have Regan, if I didn't have my six-year-old son to play, I don't know if I would actually love, love, love this game. I don't think I would like it. It's it, it's it is a good game. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would get as much out of it than playing it with my son, playing it with other with other with other kids. But on that note, it, it I, I like I find it it's a fine game. In the base box, I thought the scenarios were easy. But I thought they were pretty easy. Um, the stretch goals, though, man, <laughs> man, some of those stretch goals, I, I, I think that I don't even know if they really tested them to their abilities, <laughs> or I think, or they have like special um, situations in their mind, like this is only winnable if you're playing with these characters, type thing, and we have to find out what those characters, and maybe that's the fun of the game. You have to find the combo. With those, like, I don't know if you've played Rhino from the stretch goal box. No, but I've I've looked at him and been like, "Whoa, my gosh, that sounds nuts!" Yeah. So essentially, there is a one in three chance that his first card you play puts you in a serious deficit right from the get go, right from the right from the start of the game. You're like, and you gotta crawl your way out of it. So whenever we play Rhino, we just say, if we flip one of those cards, it just goes back to the bottom of the deck. Oh, nice. We we don't like playing, or at least he, like Regan, does not like playing with the deficit. Like, it's pretty much like there's a card that draws, he jumps right to your space and knocks out all the characters right from the get-go. Yeah. Like, that is not fun. Three down. Isn't that, I think that's an instant lose, isn't it? Or is it? Maybe. Or do you have like one more uh, try after that? I think you get like one more because it's not like an insta lose, but yeah, you you do get to like pick yourself up again and stuff like that, and you yeah. have to fill your fill your hand and essentially it's if you can't fill your hand anyway if you have no more cards to play, right? You, yeah, but it, it, it it's it's just bad right from the get go. <laughs> Uh, I can't. I'm trying to think of. I won't think of it now off the top of my head. But there's other villains that feel like, yeah, their their bam ability is just ridiculous. And I don't know if it triggers once. I don't even know how we can recover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that game. If I just played the base game, I would have been like, you know, this is fine for twenty bucks. You know, uh, yeah, it's a fine game. But all of those characters and villains are like the most boring in the whole yeah. thing. Like all, Iron Man's hit abilities are all the same abilities. His three special cards are just the same thing over and over again. And I think every card in that is just like very generic. Yeah, Captain feeling. America is very generic. Hulk is very Hulk and generic. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. Like for the base box, if you can get it for like the 20 to $30, you're, you're going to get some value out of it. Yeah, you'll you'll get you'll get enough plays out of it. Um, unfortunately, for us here in Canada, we don't get like the Target exclusives or anything like oh, that. We don't yeah. get like this. So, like Marvel United's right now, there's a couple copies sitting on our local game store shelf, but it's like sixty dollars. And I was like, that is not a sixty dollar game, but it's because Ooh. he got it in his Kickstarter Simon pledge level, whatever. And so he's like, I can't sell it for anything less or else I'm losing money on it now at this point or something like that. And yeah. Oh, that's wild. So, yeah. So we don't have like, but I think we got, I think I saw it in Walmart. Like we have Walmart here in Canada too. And I believe it was there, but it was still nowhere near like that 20, 
uh, price point. I think it's still like a fifty. It's like still like a fifty dollar game. Oh wow! At that at that point, and so it's like, no, it's not worth that. At at but uh, but here we're talking to the guys that backed it on the Kickstarter, and we <laughs> for like three hundred bucks, and we pay like three hundred dollars for everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you're getting better. You're getting better value on the game with those expansions. Like the Sinister Six expansion is phenomenal. It's a great scenario. It it's a great scenario to play because you're playing against essentially the six villains all at once. Like there's no henchmen or anything like that on the board. And they all have their own little things that they're they're trying to do and they're thwarting their guys and it, it's, it's a real big challenge. Uh, the Sinister Six expansion, I think, is I think the best one next to then next one. I think would be Infinity Gauntlet, just because it has that little campaign mode to it. It turns like the twenty half twenty minute half an hour game into like a two hour game because you play yeah like four scenarios in a row. Yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed that that campaign. I'm excited to do Sinister Six, but I've been trying to paint them. Oh, you're, nice. You're a painter. I don't have the patience. Oh, I literally picked up painting just for this game. <laughs> so, we'll see. They're not great. <laughs> nice. Well, no, no. To see it, like Norm's the painter here. Um, he loves painting miniatures. Uh, there's another uh, podcast here in Saskatoon, uh, Born on the Air. Shay, she loves painting miniatures. She's actually painting my Anachrony miniatures uh, for uh, me right, right uh, currently just because I love anachrony and it just needed that little extra table presence. I did. I didn't like staring at the gray figures anymore. Uh huh. And, and then I found out that they liked anachrony too. And I was like, can, can you paint these for me? I, I'll, I'll like, I'll, I'll pay you with, with something. I'll, I'll try to find some like quarters in the couch <laughs> type of deal. <laughs> and uh, so she's been painting them and it's been taking a while. So I think they're holding my game hostage at this point because <laughs> they don't actually own Anachrony themselves. And so now they found, I think they're playing it uh, as she's painting it. And I don't think they want to let it go at this point just I mean, because it's fair. so good. <laughs> it's so good. But I think they probably held on to it long enough that I could probably charge a renter's fee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, Anachrony is one I need to get. Oh, it, 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 it's, tre- it's tremendous. It's, uh, I think it's my favorite worker placement type game. Wow. Uh, out, out of all. And then there's lots of great worker placement yeah. games. I own a ton of them. That one, it doesn't do anything groundbreaking, but the theme of it and just the way things work in it just are so smooth and it's epic in scale. And yeah, an anachrony is definitely one you have to try at least once set aside a couple hours to play it. And yeah, it's good. It's I'll get it in. Eventually I'll get it in. It's a pretty big box. I've seen it at my game store and it's like huge. Right. So, so like, um, I wonder if you're looking at what they call their infinity box. So they have like their great big, like the big box that has like all of the stuff in it, like all oh. of the expansions, all of the miniatures and everything. And it's a box that dwarfs Gloomhaven. Like it's a huge, huge box. But uh, I think the um, standard edition still comes in a bigger box, but not as big as this new gigantic thing. But yeah, it is a bigger box. There's a lot of big chunky boards and lots of cardboard bits. Okay. 
And I think they made it for like the shelf presence too, because like, look at this thing, anachrony. <laughs> and come come explore the time travel time space time continuum and stuff. Yeah, it, it's really good. You need yeah. I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not by the time this airs, but it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. At some point in time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then if you want if you want to make it thematic too, you can like go back and then like edit this episode. <laughs> And <laughs> like, like years down the line, like a year later, yeah. just, just for people. And they're like, Hey, just by the way, if you're listening to this for the first time, I finally played anachrony. <laughs> Star date seven, one, five. No. Uh, yeah. I, uh, we made anachrony jokes. Like, oh, you heard that episode. We were making yeah. anachrony jokes like crazy for that episode. <laughs> Me and Phil. <laughs> Uh, oh, good stuff. Yeah, I have fun. Ah, it's just a theme I would love. But what's your favorite board game? This is one of those beginning questions that's coming here well, later. We've actually talked about it on the sh- uh, on this episode already. Um, yeah. So like my favorite game and like I back and forth between it, but I do think that Arkham Horror, the card game is my favorite game of all time. It's by th- far the one that I've probably played the most and spent spent the most time on, spent the most money on and all of that. It's a fantastic, but I also go back and forth. Like my number two game of all time is Targi. And I, I mentioned mm-hmm. it once or twice on the cardboard conjecture podcast that everybody always jokes that I can't go an episode without talking about Targi at some point in time. <laughs> and that's, that's because I think that that's the greatest two player game of all time. Like, you know, besides chess and go and other things like that. But Targi is, I think one of the best modern day games for two players all time. So I go back and forth actually in my mind, which one I actually think is my favorite of all time, but Arkham horror right now, just because I'm playing through the Innsmouth conspiracy uh, expansion with my characters. And so, yeah, Arkham horror. Nice. Okay. Well, to dive back into Arkham horror, just for a second, I don't know anything about it, but do you have like a favorite character that you try and play all the scenarios with? I don't have like one favorite character, but I do have a favorite um, class that I love to always play. So if the if the new expansion has that type of class, usually all the expansions have all of all five classes of characters. Oh, okay. Like there's like the rogue, and there's the fighter, and there's the uh, oh now now you're putting me on the spot. Now I can the seeker <laughs> and. I, I just know them like by their good. Like, there's the blue, red, green, yellow, and purple. Um, yeah. oh, purple's the mystics. I always try to pick the character that is in that class for that particular expansion as, as my thing. So like, I love playing mystic is my all time favorite one. So uh, mystics really love to try to manipulate what they call the chaos bag. So every time that there's a bad scenario happening, you have to draw a token out of this bag to see how bad is this actual thing Ah. type thing. So it's like I'm committing to a skill check. And when I pull out of this bag, say I'm agility, like I'm trying to escape a monster. I need to do an agility check. My agility right now is three, but the monsters is also three. I better commit. Uh, you can multi-use card it. You can discard cards that also have the agility icon on it to buff up your stat. 
because I'm going to pull a token out of the bag and says, oh, you get minus two to your check right now. And so you'll either pass or fail by this chaos bag. And the mystics really are good at manipulating that bag. Oh, I pull one. Oh, no, just kidding. You can, I can trigger this ability, put that token back and pull out another one. Nice. Type deal. Or every time that I pull out the skull icon, the skull icon actually is a plus one. If I trigger this one ability type thing. So they're really good at doing that they're kind of like the jack of all trades they can fight they can escape just lots of arcane dark magic flying all around and <laughs> and i think that just fits what the arkham horror universe is all about crazy kooky magic and scenarios and monsters and just insane things and this is just making it more insane by just throwing in this dark magic stuff yeah Oh, that's awesome. So, that does yeah, sound so really I always, fun. Yeah, so I always play Mystics, and then each character can also, like, sometimes you can, like, splash in, like, oh, I'm a Mystic, but I can also put in fighter cards into this deck. But you can only can put in, like, a cert, up to a certain level. All the cards level. So you always start the campaign with basic cards. And then at some point in time, you're going to earn XP, and then all these cards can upgrade to make it a little bit better. Maybe they get, give you more boost icons when you discard it, or instead of being a plus one to fight, maybe now it turns into a plus two to fight type thing. And so you can upgrade your cards as well. Oh, while, wow. while you play through the pie, you play through the scenarios. You have to build yourself a, uh, a 40 card deck to, to, to play through. And so they all start off with basics and you can, up, you can include up to two copies of each card type of thing. So it's kind of like that Marvel champions thing. Marvel champions, yeah. you can include up to three, I believe is the, is the thing. And so in Arkham horror, it's two. That is really cool. I should not have asked you because now I like, I don't want to wait for the end of October. <laughs> 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 now I'm like, I want it now. <laughs> well, it, it, it is good. And once you get the bug, it, it, it bites, it bites you hard, but it's such a better, Oh, that, that new product is coming out. It's such a good deal. It's yeah. such a good deal that unless if you can find it like um, secondhand, like somebody's got like two core boxes, like secondhand type thing, it might be worth it on on that note. But yeah, and then the the introductory campaign that you get in your core box is really good. It's actually still quite challenging in itself. Like people always talk about like the very last scenario of the core campaign. Uh, I believe it's called Night of the Zealot. It's very difficult depending on how you did in those first two scenarios. Like if you lost both scenarios, you're not going to win the third one. You're not like in my experience, you're not going to win it. But if you've won the (laughs) prior two, you're in a good position, but it's still going to be difficult. (laughs) Interesting. I mean, that makes sense. There's another game. Oh, you know what? Pandemic, pandemic legacy, right? If you Mm. win, you're actually at a disadvantage the next time. But if you lose, then you get like advantages. Yeah, yeah. And then you repeat it and you try and do it again. And if you lose again, you get another advantage type thing. Right. So it's, I always thought that was kind of an interesting balance. And so hearing Arkham Horror does it the other way sounds very scary. I mean, it makes more sense thematically and narratively. Yeah, because if you take if you take enough like physical damage during a scenario and you lose by getting your hit points reduced down to zero, you're actually going to start the next chapter with one less hit point overall. 
Like ah. you've, you've sustained like some severe damage. So now instead of starting the scenario with seven health, now I'm starting it with six if I've sustained. Or there's another stat that's called your sanity. And some creatures can deal sanity damage to you. And it's, it's the same thing. If you take enough sanity damage, you actually are starting to go insane. So now your sanity level is decreased by one for the next level if you've lost via that route type thing. So it's so there's really two different really loss conditions mm. by the monsters attacking you, depending on what kind they're like. If they're more mystic, they're going to make you insane. But there's just like ghouls that are just out just like just to try to rip your face off so they're dealing physical damage at you and right then, and then there's ones that do both to you and those ones are really hard to beat because you don't want to interact with them because there's a chance that they're going to deal physical and sanity damage to you and you got to really weigh do i want to run away from this character because if you run away from a character um, they actually exhaust for the round and then they don't get to activate during the monster round, which is beneficial because you're kind of ran away and you're trying to get away from them. You don't want engaging right. uh, engagements at, at, at certain times. And you are really way when do you do want to fight. When do you not want to fight? I always build my mystics so that I can fight when I have to, but I, I always generally try not to because there are, boss monsters that are just going to just rip you to shreds <laughs> if you try to engage with them that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah so this this is wild hearing this and how similar it is i mean fantasy flight did the second edition and third edition for the board game right and it's cool hearing like how similar it is to all that like they just have this kind of format for the the series well, I think they call it the Arkham Files, right? Like all of these yeah, games yeah. are the Arkham Files. Yeah, everything's all in the same lore and the same universe and stuff like that. Arkham Horror, the third edition. I never played the second edition. I never played Arkham Horror second edition, but I play, I've been playing Arkham Horror, the third edition, and it draws lots of similarities to the card game in my mind because in the card game, there's the act and the agenda which are two cards that kind of telling you what's going on at this particular time. The act is kind of telling you this is what the players need to do into order to advance the game. The agenda is what the bad guys are doing. And if enough doom tokens get placed on this agenda deck, it the bad guys agenda gets advanced and as soon as it's going to advance enough times that eventually you're probably just going to lose the scenario because you're, it's just been doomed. I like the concept of doom in the game. Yeah. <laughs> you so, are doomed. You are doomed. Second edition is pretty similar. So it, it's, I like the third edition a lot better. I think they do a better job at like overall branching, but second edition, you always end in a big bat. Well, not always. I mean, if you make it to the end, you always end in the big battle against the big bad. Yeah, yeah. Big scary monster. And you know what? I, if you talk to Ryan about, I don't know, four or five years ago, I would have never considered like myself like a Cthulhu mythos type of guy, HP Lovecraft kind of guy. Uh-huh. But then when I keep, when I heard people talking about, like I'm only about three years, maybe, maybe two. It's It, it hasn't been like 
the beginning of my board gaming career started with <laughs> Arkham Horror, the card right. game. I, I discovered it quite late. And I just thought, wow, the game itself, like I, I got drawn into the lore. And now I have some like like I have like the HP Lovecraft complete works now. I, I haven't read it all, but I've dabbled a little bit like, oh, when I played the Dunwich Legacy campaign, oh, I can read like the Dunwich uh, story that he wrote and just the parallels that they were able to kind of come up with is really, really quite remarkable. Like if you've read HP Lovecraft's work, you can see it in 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 the game like it, the game is heavily inspired by those works oh that's cool yeah i well you know hp lovecraft racist right mm-hmm. uh, and i love 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 that nowadays like there's the uh lovecraft country right the the right. hbo max series super scary super awesome and the leads are are black characters amazing who are absolutely incredible great job like and i i love that that's like it's kind of a middle finger to hp lovecraft and then you look at uh cthulhu death may die mm-hmm. eric lang a black board game designer designing a lovecraft game you know like it's just like all these middle fingers <laughs> it's fantastic we need to raise more middle fingers in the air uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> to this to the yeah i just i love it it's mm. I don't know. It, it's sad that that is how it, how he was, but but there is a cool mythos there and a cool you know like world. Yeah. Well, no. What? Yeah. What? What? One hundred percent. Like, um, I, I never knew that when I first started right. like get, getting getting into his works, and then just it's been it's been coming out in the past few years type thing, and it was just like, oh, well, that's a really that's actually really unfortunate, but. Yeah, I, and I, I I agree. Like I I love what their jobs, and I, I actually I didn't even put the two and two together eventually until you just mentioned it right now. That's <laughs> that's awesome that they've that this is very subtle. This is that very subtle. Like, hey man, we 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 don't stand up for that crap. Yeah, exactly. And I hope certain there's certain modern IPs that are kind of that way, where the creator might come out as like. I'm not going to say names here, but transphobic, mm. transphobic. Uh, and, and so it's like, I hope that one day it's like, you have all of these creators making stuff mm. in that world that are, are trans and yeah. we're having trans characters in the, in that world. And uh, 100% because they're big IPs. They're not going anywhere. So the best we could do is like switch it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah, buy out that IP because now there's it can't be common or it won't uh, reach. Uh, what's it called? Public domain. Bam. Oh, Got oh there. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Since a lot of these modern mm-hmm. IPs will probably never, ever go to public domain because mm-hmm. they can renew the, the yeah, license and renew licenses and stuff like that. Cool. Anyway. Sorry, yeah. ramble about that stuff. <laughs> no, it, it, it's important topics too because I, I'm very, I'm very um, inclusive with my class, like when, with my classrooms and everything. That I'm always trying, I'm always trying to look at new way. I, well, I don't even know what new ways nowadays. Um, big things in like our school division right now is like the gender neutral pronouns mm-hmm. and being able to have students voice what 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 do they like to be addressed as in a comfortable in a comfortable setting without like their peers knowing or even their parents knowing 
and stuff like that. And I always try to make myself and my, my games club, especially at our school that we're always fully inclusive and we don't st- like without actually having the words on my word, like I don't stand up for that shit that actually, <laughs> sorry if, if you have to bleep that out afterwards, <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> uh, but I, I, I don't, I can't stand uh, bigotry. I can't stand the harassments that I see in the hallways and everything. Like I'm calling kids out left, right and center all the time. Those types of kids just know you just don't go down the 200 hallway <laughs> because that's that's where that's where that teacher that you know we, we we said something to somebody and he heard it and he spent a half an hour all class lecturing us and like I, I can't stand like I can't stand it and I that's why I, I we have our games club it's a very inclusive community everybody gets old they're always so scared day one when when we used to have it they're always scared day one and then afterwards it was just like they're all the best of friends oh nice at, at, in in the end like i have like students that are saying like past students that are now saying they're going to be getting married in like a year or so like that and so and so from games club is actually my best man oh so like and, and and they didn't even know like when i created when they came to games club they had no idea who each other were at that moment in time and I bridged them together and, and I like, like stories like that make me super happy and stuff like that. And yeah, well, I mean, that's what this show is about essentially is we have all these different types of people in our board game community and like, yes, there are solo games and yes, they can be absolutely amazing. But most of the time we're gaming, it's like to game with people. Right. So we want to get to know the people that we want to game with, you know, like, I want people to yeah. feel like, you know, I want a game with Ryan. If I'm ever up in Saskatoon, I want to I want to hit him up. Perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm always I am always game for all those types of things. And yeah. Uh and then we have our community page on Facebook. Uh I just talked about it a little bit. We just hit 400 members on our Facebook community page and these are 400 people that are around the Saskatoon area that share the love of gaming. And I joked that I started this group I don't know how many years ago now. And it was just like me and like five friends just so that we can communicate with one another about what's happening gaming lately. And then more and more people kind of started coming in. We more memes are getting posted more. Hey, I've got these games for sale are posted. And now it's like, it's this, this huge community where people are like now asking for gaming recommendations and more people other than me are chiming in on these conversations and yeah, people are selling. We have our ga- we have gamers garage sales is what we call them. Ah. And it's all online. They just put up a Facebook post and yeah, for a weekend, everybody just put up a post and what are you selling? And we have uh, we have the podcast, What You've Been Playing Wednesday. And that started with uh, every Wednesday. I always just ask the question to the group, what you've been playing? And that post, like I forgot one day to set the reminder for me to post the the question and there were memes galore like this is what it feels like when what you've been playing wednesday it was not posted today (laughs) or or this is me waiting for the what you've been playing wednesday post to come and i was just like (laughs) people actually look forward like they all look forward to wednesday to share what they've been playing uh, amongst the group and it's like it's fantastic it's like a highlight of my week I love it. Oh, that is so awesome. That's the Bridge City Board Gamers, right? Yeah, yeah. We have, because we can't do anything simple around here. 
And we always have to make things way more complicated than they need to be. Um, so we have the Bridge City Board Gamers page on Facebook. And that's the media page where we post like, here's the newest Cardboard Conjecture podcast. Here's the newest What You've Been Playing Wednesday podcast. Here's Ryan and Rob from the Meeple Dungeons Ashes Reborn stream. We're, we're posting that content. And then we have the Bridge City Board, Bridge City Board Gamers community page. And that's the one where everybody's all these people from around Saskatoon are, we're talking board games around Saskatoon and area and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so we have two Facebook pages. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> because we can't make, we actually had the, uh, what was it? We, that the community page was, I can't remember what we called it originally, but then we just kind we just decided, you know what? We're the bridge city here in Saskatoon. Let's just call it the bridge city board gamers community page. And then shortly after that, we're like, well, let's just call our brand Bridge City Board Gamers. And we have Cardboard Conjecture and we have this and we have that and stuff like that. And maybe other people are going to join. We're in Toxic. Some of these other people around the community are wanting to get in and on the Bridge City Board Gamers media stuff. Like, can we post stuff with the Bridge City Board Gamers name on it? Mm. Sure. Why? Sure. Why not? I don't care. Make content because you like making content. Yeah. That's and, really cool. And for the like the What You've Been Playing Wednesday podcast, we always say just make the content. It should never feel like homework. So some weeks there are heavier weeks and some weeks there are lighter weeks. For And if we, we're not keeping tabs on how many times somebody's contributed to What You've Been Playing Wednesday or something like that. If you got time to record five to five to ten minutes, sure. It should never feel like homework. We all... We're teachers and we don't like giving homework. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> it, it should never, it should never feel like doing your homework. Really. <laughs> so like right now it's tonight. I can actually see the, the Twitter page. We have a Twitter group that's blowing up and we're like, I don't know if we can make, we can get a segment in tonight. And Norm's just like, it's not homework. If you <laughs> yeah. can't get a segment in tonight. No big deal. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I'm not yeah. bitter at all. As I've mentioned on Twitter, whatever. Oh. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll make you an honorary Canadian for like a day. I'll pa- I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll pass it by the group. We'll put it to a, una- we'll put it to a unanimous vote. Yeah. And say, I'll try and be like, I'll throw an A's and say a boot. <laughs> right. You got to make it as Canadian as po- as possible. It, the more times you can, you can mention moose. Maple syrup, polar bears, igloos. If you can mention all of those things, perfect. We're, we're in. If you, I'm, I'm letting, I'm letting in like my secret on like the most ridiculous theme <laughs> later, yes, later on. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'm excited for that now. Uh, well, you don't have to. I just like giving crap. It's just like me and Tim with marvel united it's always fun to have banter (laughs) oh no absolutely and that was that was a tough decision for us when we were talking about like we wanted to create something new yeah um for the channel and we're like well what 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 what's not going on right now like what 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 void can we fill and the number one thing that we both came up with is that there's nothing really exclusively canadian in like mm-hmm. the board gaming world. Like we know there's Canadian content creators out there and there's Canadian designers and 
Canadian uh, media people, but they're all kind of doing their own separate little things all around the all, all around. And some people may know that they're Canadian. Some people actually really don't know that they're Canadian. Like whenever um, Mandy Hutchinson from the Dice Tower mentions that she's Canadian all the time and everything like that. So it's like, we got to bring voice to the Canadian community because it's just not heard as much. And so we started inviting like, okay, who do we know that's Canadian? That's a content creator. And I, I just one night just decided, okay, I'm going to send a message to all all these people saying, (laughs) we've got an idea. Five minute segments about just what have you been playing recently and give your thought or no thoughts, plug your channel type of thing. And we got the inspiration. There was a podcast and now I'm blanking on the name of the podcast. It was by Patrick and Eric. And I think it was like, I I think literally the podcast was called what have you been playing this week? I think that was oh, the name of the podcast. Very catchy. Yeah. And they, and they had a whole bunch of just people just talk about just games and they had short little segments. And then I don't think that, and then I was trying to find that podcast again and, it has it ceased to exist hmm. um like or they don't they have like their brand they have their channel like what have you been playing this week but they don't have like that regular show that came out anymore and so we're like well, let's make a canadian version of that oh nice that's what it's turned to and now this week coming up is like episode 35 34 35 uh coming up here and everybody just loves doing it yeah. It's just hey, just five minutes. We get to plug our channel, or it's just like, hey, I get to five minutes. Say, hey, coming up on our regular channel, we're going to be talking about this. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I don't even know. Like in, in Canada here, we had uh, we had a music compilation um, album come out every year called Big Shiny Tunes, <laughs> and it was always we call it it's our Big Shiny Tunes. It was always once a year. It was a compilation of a whole bunch of like Canadian music artists that were like popular at the time. Huh. Like, and they would release it every year. And so we call this our weekly big shiny tunes. <laughs> and all, all the, all the Canadian listeners will know exactly what that means. Yeah. If you don't know what it means, go look up what big shiny tunes are. And you'll most likely like we have bands like, Oh, Nickelback would be on there. And some 41 would be on there. And the tea oh. party would be on there and stuff like that. And all those great Canadian, like alt rock and, types of types of bands pop rock and stuff yeah that's really cool i love what you're doing and i i like it like i've i'm discovering new people from what you've been playing wednesday which is really fun Mm. i mean that's that's kind of the point of my show too whatever no i I know uh but like it's fun to meet there's so many different people out there so many content creators and so you know after a couple listens you'll hear somebody and you'll be like i really like the way they present this stuff I'm going to go right. listen to them. I need to, you know, put them on my list. So, right. And that, and that, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of it. Like if you found somebody that you can resonate with, well, now you can, now you found their channel. You can go follow them. You can go listen to their past podcasts or videos or whatnot. Exactly. Um, like the newest ones, like Norm invited. Um, oh, now I can't remember. The, their, their brand is called Foster the Meeple. I'm oh, already yeah. forgetting what they're for, forgetting what their names are. I never even heard of them before, but they have a really successful, popular YouTube channel. And I started watching their videos and like, they're such a adorable, lovable couple that when you watch their stuff, you just can't help. But it's like, yeah, I want to play games with those people. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know exactly. Yeah. I've watched a couple of the, their videos. I know who you're talking about. So, and yeah, I can't and remember just their like names that. right and now then, either. <laughs> and I've become very, very good friends with Rob and Adam Marie from the Meeple Dungeon. Yeah. They are from Kelowna, uh, BC here. And they we, we've been playing Ashes Reborn, a fantastic competitive card game via our uh, live YouTube and live Twitch um, every Wednesdays. Yeah, that was something that wouldn't have been possible without what you've been playing Wednesday. Yeah, that's on my queue to actually watch because I don't get to watch videos very often. Mm-hmm. But I get to listen to podcasts, so that that's the trade-off, you know? <laughs> well, no, exactly. I, I watched, I listen to podcasts when I'm driving to work. That's my That's my thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's usually like 20 minutes to work, 20 minutes home. That's about four. So if I can find a, a one-hour podcast where... I can listen to uh, listen to some things and get a majority of it on one in one drive. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've been recording for quite a while. I don't want to keep you up all night. You've got work in the morning, right? (laughs) Uh, If if what you call, I do work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. Tomorrow, uh, as of this recording, tomorrow is the first day that students come back. into the classroom from from summertime so there's lots of uh there's lots of anxiety there's lots of uncertainty we have guidelines in place but it's all just kind of up in the air right now cases in saskatoon are going banana wild again (sighs) so that's why everybody's really kind of hesitant on what is actually going to happen in the school yeah uh we we literally literally were Almost like I, I would say, like in the lack of better words, we were getting out of this and returning to like a semi-normal kind of life, and then just recently, like boom, we are, our numbers are just as bad as the beginning. Again. Yeah, I mean that's but. same here. My wife's a teacher too. She's been mm. back with students for a week and a half, but like up until the the school board met and they decide they voted and decided not to do masks, mm. require masks, and. So my wife was really nervous. She's got an autoimmune disorder. You know, we're both, you know, we're both vaccinated, but still, and, and, eh, you know, you never yeah, know. No, it, it, yeah, it's, it is, it is what it is. Like right yeah. here, it's a uh, high school where I teach. It's not, it's not, it's not mandatory. It's just that recommendation again. Yeah. Um, I feel better. My, like my son's going into grade one, but all the elementary schools, it's, it's mandated. It's required. Oh, good. Everything. So, so in elementary school, I do feel comfortable and safe uh, ascending. him. it's just that my lovely, lovely grade 12s that are coming, they think they know how to run the world already. Of course. <laughs> are coming in and, <laughs> and I gotta set, I gotta set them straight. And then send them on their path. and Yeah. <laughs> Humble them. <laughs> uh, but our, our mayor actually came and s- required it for all schools. She, she cool. over- overrode that vote. Is that how you would say? It? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Overrid or overrode. Right. Overrid yeah. sounds weird, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's right. <laughs> I wouldn't put my, I guess yeah, I always say I'm a math teacher. Yeah. I'm math, I, I'm not. I'm not a linguist. That's probably <laughs> the biggest word I used all day. <laughs> uh, let's go outside of board games. We, we, I mean, we've been talking oh, yeah. about being a teacher. So what do you do outside of board games for fun, life? You obviously teach. You do a 
board game club. But. Yeah, we have the games club. Love it. Love been loving that. Where it's kind of on hiatus for this year, just because we're on uncertain what, what's going to go on with it. I'm a mathematics guy. Like I have my mathematics degree from the University of Saskatchewan. Here, um, we joke on the podcast that I have like 20 cryptography degrees, but cryptography was like one of my favorite subjects um, when I was studying mathematics and just like the the code cracking, the puzzle solving aspects of it and all the different methods that you could do it's by my that's why i kind of like i really enjoy doing escape rooms mm. there's no there's not an escape room in saskatoon currently that i have not done like i've done them all and it, they, they, we have like a whole bunch of companies in in saskatoon here and i've done all of the escape rooms they haven't come up with anything new really lately i think our group here i think we've been like I can't now. I can't. Remember. I think we've been success successful in all of them. I don't think we, there's one we've failed yet. Which I Whoa. somebody's going to listen. Some some one of my friends is going to listen to this and be like, "No, no, remember that one time." But <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." So like, we love escape rooms and puzzle solving and stuff like that. Have you listened to? The, I got to plug some old some old old guests. Uh, David Spira. And PG Law, she's a she was a contestant on Survivor, but they do. I had both of them on for separate episodes, and oh. they they do a podcast that's dedicated to escape rooms. And he runs. Uh, oh no, he yeah. They just ran a escape room theme like convention that was oh, all that's online. Really cool. No, I'll have to go back and listen. I haven't listened to those ones. But I'll have to actually go back to that because I, I I love consuming everything escape room and puzzle solving and stuff like that because and then like Ian that was on the show. There's been numerous occasions where he's had he's held parties at his place, but he's turned his basement into an escape room. <gasps> oh my so goodness. He like, so he love he loves designing them too. Wow. And and he, he's always so hesitant. But the ones that we've done have been really good just from what he's been able to pull together with just regular household items and some locks and some zip ties and <laughs> stuff like that. And a backpack and Oh, just what he's like. It, it's been really good. Like he's amazing. Like he could design his own stuff. If he put his, if he had actually the time and could actually put it all into it. That is really, so yeah, really did, cool. Yeah. And then, Sports wise, like I'm not really active sports wise these days ever since having kids as much. Uh, but when I met my wife, we um, we played ultimate frisbee for a while. Oh, and okay. uh, and just because I'm a, a huge football fan for as long as I so Green Bay Packers go pack go. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is the greatest guy alive and he's not going anywhere if anybody's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> type, type deal uh and so like the mixture of kind of like frisbee and football in the same kind of sport really really piqued my interest and so i watched her play some games and then i asked could i be on the team too because i said this thing looks awesome and they said oh yeah we always need more players we always have we can't there was a league at the time where the the earliest time slots that we could play were like midnight Oh. And I was like the early, that was like the earliest time we could get. Like, there was times where we would play at like 3 a.m. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was a ridiculous league because we always had to wait. There was a huge league and we always had to wait for the soccer teams to play because it was always played in the wintertime and at this indoor soccer complex that we have. And <laughs> so we always have these bunk times. So it was like, go to sleep, 
then wake up at like 2.30 to get to the 3 o'clock game and then go back to sleep until like 10 a.m. type thing afterwards. And <laughs> That's wild. Ultimate Frisbee was good. Um, not many people know, but I have my third degree black belt in Taekwondo. Oh. And so I was competitive Taekwondo for a very, very long time. And, and then again, once until I, I had kids. <laughs> Type, type deal and then i kind of <laughs> lost a little bit of it but uh yeah uh my son is starting to get into like the martial arts we watched the netflix show cobra kai oh, i love cobra kai and it really it really sparked the juice back into me like when they're doing their scenes and the competition i was like oh i i i, I need to get those tapes from my parents house from my competitions because it just got me all fired up again. I want to get back into my my competitive uh, martial arts thing and stuff like that. So, yeah, martial arts were always a big part of my childhood growing up. And it kind of gave me I was a, I was bullied when I was in elementary school. And it was oh. my, something that my parents got me into to get my confidence up uh-huh. and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, it's like it was the it was the reverse. Like, I think it was about grade six. It was the reverse of. Ryan's not in the principal's office because he's getting bullied. Now Ryan's in the principal's office because he just kicked the crap out of somebody in the hallway. (laughs) And so. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that's probably bad. That's better. If it was a bully, if it was somebody who was picking on you. (laughs) Yeah. When I look back on it, it was like, no, that's not what you should be. You should have been using your martial arts for. That's exactly what Sensei would say. Like, no, that is that was wrong. You need to take like a week off and figure your stuff out. And yeah, (laughs) this is to teach you the discipline. And (laughs) yeah, and it was it was really good. Like martial arts were a huge confidence booster. Oh, I bet. Um, I couldn't public speak. Like I'm a teacher now. Like I talk and I talk and I talk now, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't have done that without pro local program called Toastmasters um, here in Saskatoon. And I think it's a nationwide or a, uh, an international yeah. organization. We have Toastmasters that, here, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I participated in the program for a long time because I was terrified of just putting myself out there and being able to public speak. And yeah, that program helped me out uh, tremendously. So combine martial arts with Toastmasters, and now you've got this guy on your podcast <laughs> talking about board games. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. There's the origin story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you that you can make you can make my movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's a lot of things. That's really cool. Video games? Yeah. Do you still video game? Um, not as much. Uh, we re- I rediscovered my love, uh, my love of the Super Nintendo. Ah. Uh, Regan's starting to get into that. He saw me playing. I have like we bought the classic, like the little mini thing that has like the three thirty preloaded games. Yeah, and so we so we've been playing through that. Like we just wrapped up Super Mario World. Uh, I just wrapped up uh, Mega Man X. Oh, uh, I just it. wrapped up Link to the Past. And, oh yeah, and, and he watched me play all of it. And he was just enthralled with what what's going on, and he's making up the stories as we're going along. Like as I'm <laughs> playing Mega Man, he's like, "Yeah, take that Toad guy! Like you didn't stand a chance like that. I'm just gonna bring out my boomerang cutters, and I'm just gonna cut you up. And <laughs> let's charge! Let's charge up! You're gonna get destroyed, ostrich dude!" And I'm like, <laughs> just as we're playing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So video games still a uh, little bit like. 
Uh, I have I haven't bought a new console in what seems like forever. Like I still have my PS3. Oh, okay. Which is the, that that's the the newest console that I've had for quite a number of years. Uh, so yeah, the video game scene's kind of died off a little bit. Uh, the gaming, the board gaming scene's kind of is taken <laughs> that over hardcore at the at at the at this stage. Yeah, I I can see that obviously. <laughs> I, I, no, no regrets. My wife, some regrets. Me, no regrets. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if sometimes she's just like, "Oh, why did I introduce him to board games?" <laughs> well, it's been interesting too because uh, she's been working from home for the past eighteen months. Like they haven't been mandated to go back into the work. Uh huh. So she's been home when all my Kickstarters are arriving. Ah. And she's like, she's like has there been a week where something hasn't arrived at our doorstep? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And I say, well, it's because of the, there's the shipping crisis. And now it was all backlogged. And now they're all coming in at the same time. Now uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I have to come up with everything and everything. She, she, there, there, there's no, there's no hidden information here. She, she knows exactly the addict <laughs> that I am. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. One last one is that I, well, one point in time, I thought I was going to turn into a professional poker player. Oh. And I, like, and I, cause I remember you reading my one tweet on your one show where I mentioned that I went, to, uh, I won a seat to the world series of poker yeah. in, in, in Las Vegas. And it was a tremendous experience. And so at one point in time, I thought I was going to be a professional poker player. I went like every weekend to our local casinos and, try to hang with the big boys and stuff like that and stuff like <laughs> it, it it didn't pay off i had some i had a couple good paydays in my day but not 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 as many as i wanted to but, yeah but it was it's it's still a fun uh mental exercise every now and then i go to a casino and i uh i i try try my hand at reading the players i tried doing the body psychology stuff that i used to try to do and everything like that. It's, it, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. And the mathematics behind poker is tremendous. I, I love trying to calculate the odds and what are my, what am I standing at? And statistics is one of my one other than cryptography. I think statistics is one of my favorite and probabilities is one of my favorite areas of mathematics. Have you ever been like, you're holding, you're holding a King. I know you're holding a King type thing. You always see that in the movies, right? You see, you see the movie. Um, I could always, I, not not always, but I would say about seven times out of ten, I could predict like a range that a person would 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 be in. And I seven times out of ten, I would be when if I ever folded, if I was folding, it was a good fold. Oh, okay. It, 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 in my mind, because in Saskatoon here, there there there's there's players that they they show you what they have like every time, like. That that's bad. Oh, poker. Okay. No, you never you never show. Even if I even if I had you beat or if I was a bluff, I I'm the poker player. Never. It's always a miss. It's got to be a mystery. Yeah, because that could give away a tell or something. It, 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 it gives away so much information. I was like, yeah. okay, I know exactly what you bet that entire round, and now you showed me what you had. And I was like, okay, you're you're establishing a pattern now for me. I'm Mister Patterns. Cryptography. Twenty <laughs> cryptography degrees. <laughs> Sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, you think you're winning right now, but give it a couple more hands. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Saskatoon level poker, I'm pretty decent at. But if I were to travel and say go to the World Series of Poker where I got schooled, 
by the big dogs. It was still a fun, it was still a fun experience. I, I still got, I don't know if you follow poke professional poker uh-huh. or anything like that. Um, there's a fellow Canadian poker player called Daniel Negrano. He's a kind of like a poker phenom, like from a young age, from a younger age. And I think I got, I was actually playing with him at one of the tables and it was a phenomenal experience. Like I was, I lost because I think I was starstruck more, <laughs> more than everything, because this is a guy that I've read his book. I've uh-huh. watched his videos. Like, I feel like I should know this guy inside yeah. and out. And he just absolutely schooled me. <laughs> and you're like, it was an honor. <laughs> it, no, it was, it was like, it was like yeah, here's my money. Can you sign my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have his. I have his shirt. Oh, nice. I have that same shirt that I wore at that event. And he signed it and everything. And now it's just kind of sitting in a closet, hung up. Yeah, as a, as a trophy. But that's awesome. Yeah, that's a good win. Well, let's move on to the finale here. Sure. Da-da-da-da-da. Ridiculous theme. Come up with a ridiculous theme for a board game. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Sounds like you have one. Uh, well, it was, it was kind of teasing. It was like, like there. I, I'm trying to think of like if there's like the quintessential Canadian board game out there. <laughs> like, is there is there the game where you're like the uh, like the Canadian kid, and you are going through like the stages of like becoming a hockey player, and then you're like a Mountie, and then you're like you have your pet polar bear and you have to <laughs> they upgrade your igloo into like a better igloo. Like, like, like these ridiculous things and like your resources are like maple syrup and you have to spend your maple syrup points in order to upgrade <laughs> like your Canadian status type thing. So I thought a, a really cool, ridiculous theme, even though as I'm talking it out, I'm like, okay, no wait, I think I can create this <laughs> as the quintessential Canadian Everything people think about what Canadians are, grab like some random, like one of my favorite segments from there's a show in Canada called This Hour Has 22 Minutes. I don't know if you've heard of this one, Uh but there was a, there, there's a, there's a, his host was called, his name was Rick Mercer. And he would always have this one segment called Talking to Americans. And he would always ask them really ridiculous things, facts about Canada. (laughs) <laughs> and see if people like knew like the actual facts about Canada and like calling, like we have a King, like the leader of our country is a King and he rides around on his polar bear led snow, snow sled <laughs> and then stuff like that. And the people are like, well, that's horrible. How could he train polar bears and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so uh, like I would Google or YouTube search Rick Mercer talking to Americans. It, it, it's, it's hilarious. It's like one of the small joys of being a Canadian is what people perceive, <laughs> perceive Canadians to be. Oh, I love it. it, it it's, it's, it's awesome. So like if I could capture that essence in a board game, <laughs> maybe the board game is just called talking to Americans about Canada or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love it. That would be great. I'm all about the Canadian mannerisms that people think that we have. Like we say a boot a lot yeah. or something like that. Or like, yeah, we just chug maple syrup while chopping down a tree in our flannel jackets and stuff like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> lots of curling. Like we always like you're, you're, you're not a Canadian if you don't curl. Like if you don't curl, like get out of this country type thing. <laughs> <laughs> All sons and so- all sons and daughters are going to grow up to be NHL hockey players. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's always OU words like that give you away. There's there's times where I'll hear a Canadian talking and I won't think they're Canadian. You know, I just I just hear mm-hmm. them as a regular normal human being. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As yeah, if yeah. you're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, I think it's like about or house. A hoose? A hoose? A ho- yeah, a house. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the OU words? Like what? Yeah. So what about you're mice? The... Yeah, mice is is good. No, I'm saying, but, but the other version of mice, the oh, oh mouse, yeah, like mouse. A mouse, like a mouse, think, mouse, moose, a mouse, mouse. <laughs> See, I think you got that one fine. <laughs> yeah, mouse. See, I think I think what a lot of people probably are. It's probably the east coast of Canada where we. It's called Newfoundland and uh, PEI area, or it's more in Newfoundland. They have their kind of their own little dialect. It's kind of like, oh, how would I? how would I um, equate it in America? It's kind of like if you were going to like the Southern States. Oh, like redneck. They, they, and they have their drawls and stuff like that. And Newfoundland is very, is very famous for their, their, their dialect and the way that they, that they say things kind of like that. So uh, that's the best way that I could equate it to. Would it almost be like Cockney for like the English? Yeah, 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 kind of like that. Okay, nice. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, because they're oh, now I'm trying to remember back to my old history class about the um, about the history of Cajun, um, mm. down, down in the south there. But it was because uh, they were the way they said Acadia, it, which was the word the word Canada is actually rooted in, in the word Acadia, but they always said Acajun. Instead of Acadian, I'm an Acadian, and that's where Cajun came oh, from. Oh, interesting. That's kind of like really the, fascinating. The, that's the kind of like the, oh, now here's a big word. Etymology, is that a word? Of like the word, like where, where, where Cajun yeah. um, uh, came, came from. Yeah, etymology is where words come from, right? Okay, good. No, I, I have no idea. I'm just throwing that out there. I think I heard that on a podcast somewhere. I think you're right. <laughs> And then somebody's going to be like, "No, that's bugs." <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty, yeah, pretty much. But uh, yeah, so the quintessential, like, there's there's something you put in like the Canadian trivia of this game. I don't know when. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, you could almost do like the Great Western Trail, right? Like where the Great Western Trail has all these paths you can take, but mm-hmm. you've got to do it Canadian style, and so like you really got to like capture the whole Canadian lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, we got we got the one highway, the trans the Trans Canadian Highway that just runs straight from west coast to east coast. You you can follow that road from from BC all the way over to Newfoundland. And you just you travel through every single province almost just by trade by taking that one highway. Wow, <laughs> it's called the it's called the Trans Canada. Okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's there a go. good Trans Canada. We'll, we'll we'll call it the Trans Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Trans Canada. It's a train game. <laughs> That's what I would think, right? Or like which is which is actually quite interesting. Uh we have a Western Development Museum here in Saskatoon and they have a old map of Saskatchewan here. And if you were to look at this map, I should next time I go, I'm going to take a picture of it and put it on Twitter. It looks like a ticket to ride map. Oh wow. Like all, where all of the train routes went across all of Southern Saskatchewan. It looks 
so Ticket to Ride that you That's can make awesome. the, the Saskatchewan map for Ticket to Ride. I, actually, I, now I think now I'm thinking about. It, I tell you that out loud. I'm patenting the idea of the Saskatchewan map on the <laughs> on this on this podcast. No one else take it for gamifying. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> there we go. Stamped, uh, sent in the mail. It, it's. It's official, right? Like no one else can steal my idea because yeah. it's already out there. That's how, that how this works. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm neither here nor there. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. You're just a mathematician. Far, just a mathematician. Just spreading my joy of mathematics to the younger generation. <laughs> uh, well, and then I see them go on to big, bigger and better lives than my lonely old teacher life. <laughs> That's the joy, right? You're, cre- you're right, creating right. the future. Right. That's that's the joy. That's the joy of it. I got to remind myself of that. <laughs> I'm starting to get into that. I'm starting to get into that age of my career where I'm sort of like, I really got to find something new to do because I, if I'm stuck in this rut for the next little while, I'm going to hate my job. <laughs> that's how long I've been into teaching now. <laughs> I got to find some new things to keep me fresh. Well, you know, we could, I have it. Oh man. This gives me a, here's my ridiculous theme. This just came teaching and I've done a teaching ridiculous theme before, but this one is more about like, if you want to mess up their lives or, (laughs) or make them better. And so like, you're essentially teaching them and then they go out and it's like making heroes and making villains type thing. Oh my goodness. And like, Oh, you can, you can make the choice if you're going to feed them misinformation. Oh, we can call it misinformation, the game. Oh my goodness, that's a good one too. Feed them misinformation, and they have to. De- and then people have to decide whether or not what you're telling them is true or not. It's like, <laughs> you, like the overlord teacher, the overlord. There's they have the overlord, and then the other people are the students, and they have to dis- discern the information that's being given. <laughs> and then if you get it right or wrong, that shapes who you are. Like that's at the end yeah. of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. That, that is, this actually actually might be something. Though <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I don't think this day and age we could we we should call it misinformation the game. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hot right now. <laughs> There's a lot of that going on right now. <laughs> but make it okay. But but make it fantasy themed. Make it fantasy themed, and just come up with a whole bunch of like random like fantasy like facts and everything like that, like. Oh man, like have have you tried this type of toad lately? Like it like like, <laughs> like this type of toad is gonna totally like give you like hypnotic powers if you like <laughs> lick its scales. <laughs> oh my true, goodness. Or, tr- true true or false. <laughs> do you believe me? Give them give them people that they have to do it's kinda of like snake oil the game. Like snake oil, do you have you played that one? I haven't, no. It, it, it's literally it's literally like being a snake oil salesman you, uh-huh. you're trying to you're just trying to pitch your some sort of ridiculous idea out to uh players and then people vote on whether or not who had the most outrageous sales pitch type 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 deal it's called Sna- i believe it's called snake oil is is the game i only played it at a convention a couple times oh, that's awesome but, but it was essentially just making these snake oil salesman pitches of I don't know I, what we were trying to do. It was like some sort of like selling soup, I think was the the one that we drew or something like that. So I'm like, my soup is the best soup and this is why and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. 
We got two great games out of this. Yeah. Oh, I want to make the Canadian game now, though, with maple syrup points. (laughs) (laughs) As I say it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so awesome because people, I think people would enjoy that, like playing into the fun stereotypes, right? Right. And then there's going to be people that absolutely hate it where they're like, come on, like guy, like Canadians have a hard enough time as it is. You're just making it worse. Like our, our Kickstarter fulfillments are always late. <laughs> always so much later because it's got to get delivered to the U.S. first. And then it's got to cross the border. And then it's got to get to the hub. Then it's got to go out. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, yeah. let's wrap this up. We've been sure. recording for a while. <laughs> well, why don't you plug everything you got? Show me what you got. Yeah, you can find us. We're on all of the podcasting platforms. Uh, twice a week, you'll get a show in your podcatcher. Every Wednesday, we have What You've Been Playing Wednesdays, which is the compilation of a whole bunch of Canadian content creators sharing what they've been playing recently. You can grab a whole bunch of cool ideas of other content creators that you may want to follow. And then our flagship podcast, Cardboard Conjecture, comes out every Saturday at some point in time whenever Norm gets it all mixed and actually out to the world. That's kind of like a, a fun thing, too, is that it always comes out like, like a Saturday afternoon because, like, you know, that's prime podcatching time is right there, Saturday afternoon. So <laughs> we do it. We do it there. And then, yeah, we have a Facebook page. Uh, Bridge City Board Gamers. We got a YouTube channel, Bridge City Board Gamers. Twitter and Instagram, BC Board Gamers. We have a Discord channel, but that thing is kind of like non-existent at this point. We don't really post into there very much anymore. Uh, Discords are hard sometimes. Yeah, it it was mainly meant for like the Saskatoon community to keep just another way for people to communicate and find people to game with type of deal. Popular during the pandemic, but now that things are a little bit more open in Saskatchewan, people don't online game anymore and are just kind of more meeting up face to face. Uh But yeah, that's that's all our that's all our things. And your personal Twitter, do you want people to? That's I oh, yeah. If you want, if you want, you want to follow my personal Twitter. It's at uh, Mista Rao uh, six four three. Uh, I always jo- joke that it's Mista because that's my teaching name. I'm kind of gangster type thing, so <laughs> it's it's Mista Rao. <laughs> nice. Is Rao your last name? Uh, Rao is my last name. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. So. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If people didn't know that, that's kind of like just like wow, this is just a random collection of letters formed into words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always said it like Mister Rao, you know, like in my head, I think. And so, and if I don't you're know actually saying like that, and if you're actually saying Rao, you're actually saying it correctly. Like I get a whole bunch of like I get um, Rayu Rao. Oh, what are some of the like they 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 try to emphasis the 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 vowels too much, but it's just like no, it's like it's like that owl, like the a u, the owl sound, like the like the the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the owl, Rawr. the row. <laughs> you got to get to the chopper. <laughs> I was just about to say, get to the row, get to the row. <laughs> It very, it's a it's 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 rooted in in, in German like it's it's a, it's a German name or like that kind of like that middle to northern uh, European area kind of like Scandinavia ish 
where where it roots from. My dad is huge into like that ancestry DNA family oh, nice. tree tracking thing. So yeah, if I, if I, if I have an afternoon to kill, like in five hours, like my dad will give me my family history for the tenth time. <laughs> <laughs> Back ten generations. Oh, easy! Like he's <laughs> he's bit that bug hard. Uh, I, I totally get that. <laughs> my parents are kind of similar. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, this was this was a blast. I can't actually believe that it's been two hours of <laughs> of of chit of chit chat. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you so much for listening. It's always a blast, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Cardboard Conjecture, such a great podcast, brings me so much joy. I love listening to you guys. They are about to record their 100th episode, which is a huge milestone. Congratulations. If you haven't listened to their podcast, go give it a listen. It's it's great. And he, he does such a great job, and all of them there do a great job at creating community uh, even if it's for Canadians, I mean, that's fine, whatever, not bitter. No, I actually really, really think that's cool that I can go, I can listen to what you play on Wednesdays and hear from Canadians and, and know that I'm listening to and supporting Canadians up north. I'll cover some quick business here before we close out. Protocon 2022 tickets are on sale now. They're selling, and it's exciting to see. I'm so excited. It's actually happening just down the street from me here in Utah. I am excited to go to it. It's in January, the end of January, January 28th and 29th. You go, you play test games. There'll be a raffle. There's open gaming. Uh, there's, there's so many awesome things. Jeff Beck from Uproarious Games, he did Intrepid. He's going to do a workshop the night before. I believe there'll be open gaming that night too on Friday uh, and then Saturday will be all day playtesting games ah, I'm just so excited so if you're interested in doing that go sign up buy a ticket they're not very expensive at all and I hope to see you there there are a couple of kickstarters going right now Lori from Stop Drop and Roll Studios has Earth Rising. There's still time to go back that. Go check it out. I absolutely love what they're doing with it. I think the idea is really great. The theme of it is great. And and they're actually trying to make a change, an environmental positive impact on the world. And I think that it's so wonderful. Go support it, if just for that at least. Next week's episode, I recorded yesterday with Kyle Thomas Elsie, and he actually launched his Kickstarter while we were recording. Whoa, really cool. So you can hear it launch on there. And I backed the game while on air, so you can even hear the first the first backer backing it. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of fun to do that and, and be a part of that. Uh, you're hearing it, you know, 10 days later, but but fun. I thought it was fun. So check that Kickstarter out. Flee the Dungeon. I think the artwork's great. This is his first design, and it looks wonderful. It sounds wonderful. That interview will be next week, so you can hear more about it there. But, but why wait? Just go look on Kickstarter, and you can see so much of it. 
If you enjoyed the show, you can follow me on Twitter at NerdOutWithUs. You could leave a review. That would be super helpful, and it would help get the word out. You could share it with your friends and tell them, like, hey, this is a great podcast. Why don't you check it out? Lie to them if you need to, okay? Either way, I super appreciate you listening. I I know that this is kind of a niche topic where I'm not necessarily focused on board games. We talk about it, but I'm more focused on the people, the people that you want to have at your table. And I have so much fun doing it. Seriously, I could have two listeners and I would still probably do this just as an excuse to meet more people in the community. So thank you everyone for listening from the bottom of my heart. You can email me at the board game community show at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with me or just DM me or at me on Twitter. I am still posting the GoFundMe for Rick Lorenzen for his family that he left behind. He was a member of our community that passed away, died in a horrible accident, and and left behind his kids. So I still have that GoFundMe link in the show notes. You can go there, click on it, read a little bit about it, donate if you feel like you can uh, and want to. Uh, that's appreciated. On my Twitter this weekend... It's Gen Con, and I am super excited for people to be able to go and and get to be a part of that community. I think it's really cool, but also we're in a pandemic, and it's very scary, and I really, really appreciate those people and companies that decided not to go. That was a very brave decision, I think. They miss out on marketing. They miss out on sales. They miss out on networking. They miss out on seeing so many smiling, happy faces and bringing joy to people. So show your love and support to those people that decided not to go because they didn't want to spread COVID. They didn't want to put themselves, they didn't want to put others at risk. And I think that's really, really cool. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can see me tweeting out people that I know aren't attending, companies that I know that aren't attending, and and asking that you go and support them. Maybe there's a game that you've been putting off, and use this as your excuse to finally do it. Say like, you know what, I think that's really, really cool that Rob Davio didn't go to Gen Con because he didn't want to spread it. So I'm going to go by Pandemic Season Zero. You know you already wanted it. Just use this as your excuse. Cascadia, Randy Flynn isn't there. His game's fresh, new, exciting. And he didn't go because he didn't want to spread it. There's so many names. I'll uh, Probably next week I'll go through and I'll read that list as well on air. But yeah, I just think that we should be showing them that support. You know, they missed out on this opportunity to sell their games, to sell themselves, to pitch their games. So go follow them. Go retweet their stuff. Show your support however you can. And that is it. Until, oh, hi, Juniper. Juniper's got just a little bit of news. What is it, Juniper? Okay, well, thank you, Juniper. You heard it from her. Until next week, keep nerding out.